Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Achievable Goals Jesse Thorne. <laughs> Jordan Morris, boy detective. Here's what's going on, Jordan. You got some goals? I think you know this. I think that you know this about me. I'm a real type A personality. Sure, yes. You have that uh, color-coordinated bookshelf that looks so good. Yep. I'm uh, constantly worrying whether I have enough airline miles. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, of course, a straight-A student. Um, and at, at the end of the day, nothing motivates me like goals. Right. I mean, you've often said, you know, after we've thrown back a few, you're pretty horny for Google Docs. I God. I love anything spreadsheet. If you can get it. Right. I, yes. My, my dream date is mm-hmm. uh, the two of us sit down at our respective Microsoft services mm-hmm. and uh, write some Excel macros. Oh, boy. Sounds hot. Just don't let your wife find out that you're writing macros with a guy you knew from college. (laughs) Now, here's the thing, Jordan. Mm -hmm. I I can hardly get out of bed without goals. You know, as I said, type A, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, macros. With me, it's uh, uh, Christ's love, but, I mean, you've got your thing, and (laughs) it sounds like that works pretty well for you. I mean, maybe look into Christ's love. That's what gets me out of the... Out of the bed in the morning. Well, wanting to just wanting to praise praise him, lift up his name. The best part of waking up for me is Folgers in my cup. Right. Then number two, goals. Mm-hmm. Then number three, the love of Christ. It's three, huh? After goals and Folgers. <laughs> yeah. Well, those Folgers crystals. Man, I'm sorry, man. I don't listen. I come. I don't come on this show to preach. I come right. on the show to you know goof around and to. I mean, what do you drink? Cafe Bustello. I, Christ's love. <laughs> oh, wow. A hot piping yeah. cup of Christ's love every morning, huh? I swallow. I don't drink anything else. I swallow a little bit of water in the shower to keep me alive. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, no beverages except Christ's love. So here's the thing, Jordan. I'm trying to be kind to myself because, you know, everybody's in everybody's in it. quarantine right now. Everybody's self-care. S- more important than ever. Exactly. So... I decided that I would scale back my goals a little bit and just focus on goals that I could definitely achieve during the period where we are all safer at home. Uh, Mm. Do you want to know what my goals are? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So first was always wash my hands for the full 20 seconds, and I'm going to sing the ABC song. Um, when I'm washing my hands, and that that way I'm I stay safe. Nah, it's a classic. I mean, I sing I sing Jesus loves me, but again, that's me and my priorities, which are with Christ. Go ahead, sorry. No, I get it. For the Bible tells you so. <laughs> right. Um, I'm gonna do some gardening. Uh, specifically, yep. I'm gonna grow sunflowers. Uh, it seemed mm-hmm. like the easiest kind of garden plant to grow, so I I chose to grow some sunflowers. They're already sprouting, so that's great. Hey, yeah. Um, I decided I'm going to try teleconferencing. I think I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I, be- I believe in you. I mean, uh, everyone on every commercial is doing it. Yeah. And so if they can do it, yeah. why not you? Uh, I'm going to get fresh flowers yesterday. Uh, that one is achievable okay. because I did, al- I, I did already do that. Yesterday I got so some you flowers. just have you have some retroactive goals. You like do something and then put it on the goal list and then cross it off. Well, I, again, I want these goals to be achievable. Um, oh sure, no, I mean, I admit that feels good. I mean, it feels great to cross stuff off the list as a Type A. You know that. Yeah. 
Uh, everybody's been baking. Everybody's been baking lately, Jordan. Right. Uh, I'm going to, during the course of this pandemic, find out what yeast is. That's, oh yeah. I think, you know, a great place to start is your local library. Just break yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're not open. I guess my top question is why is yeast so small? Mm, yeah. yeah, it's one of the smallest things at the grocery store. Yeah, well, I couldn't, couldn't tell you. I'm going gonna, gonna to have to consult the local library. Uh, achievable goals. I, I've decided to hear more from my mom about the news. Mm-hmm. Yes, love that. Moms have a great perspective. Yeah. Um, uh, another goal I have is to use up the entire Costco jar of Excedrin that I bought before it expires. <laughs> so, no, so you just eat it in a in a bowl with some milk uh, well, at the beginning of the day, like cereal. I mean, my my goal, my my thought right now is that I'll continue to get a stress headache every single day of my life, uh, and mm, that ought to do it. Sounds fun. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, a lot of people have been doing outdoors activities like birding. Um, so one of my goals is to give birding a good long think. <laughs> consider it. You're gonna consider birding. Yeah. Just, just give it a good think. You know, like would I, would I be the kind of guy who would like that? You know. So you, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna sit in your favorite easy chair. Mm-hmm. You know, take your, take your thumb and your forefinger and put it, put it on your chin. Mm-hmm. Give that chin a good stroke and then just look at the up the ceiling and go, hmm, wrens. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, wrens? I was gonna think about martins, but yeah. Oh, well, again, we have different priorities. Uh, another achievable goal for me is to try watching Bosch, then switch back to Cheers. <laughs> I have that goal sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's fun to say. Yeah. Is it fun to watch? Yeah. I don't know. I do not know. Yeah. Not quite a prestige show. Not quite a dumb show. Ba- Bosch, is, Bosch is the taint of shows. Scott, <laughs> Lance Reddick from The Wire. Okay. Do you think we could... Do you think we could Start referring to the taint as the Bosch. Yes, absolutely. Don't, don't neglect the Bosch. <laughs> uh, another goal I made for myself is to wear pants every day or shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. No, um, no more, uh, no more flopping around for you. Yeah, eat three square meals every day plus snacks and up to one or two additional meals. Oh, that's great. That's one of my goals. Uh, keep the kids away from pool halls and gambling dens. That's going to be oh, yeah. a big goal for me. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna come out of there with slang like, you know, <laughs> hey now, and yeah. Bob's your uncle, and... Bob's your uncle, yeah. It's a mulligan, see? Oof. Um, and every day, take one hour to get really serious about not learning to play the accordion. Right. Just smash any accordion you might have laying around the house. Yeah. Lest you be tempted to learn. I didn't want to set my goals too high, Jordan. It's, we can only do what we can do. We got to be kinder to ourselves. Oh, yeah. We said one hour a day, I'll just go ahead and continue to not learn the accordion. Yeah, it's really brave of you. Thank you. I like to think of myself as brave. You know, I think... Uh... I think Jesus would be uh, Jesus would be smiling on you from heaven had he not already turned his back on you. <laughs> wow, the Son of God who died for my sins, yeah, well. literally died for my sins, and he is in heaven turning his back on me right now because I love Folgers crystals. He's a French press guy. He's a French press guy. It takes a little bit longer, but it's how they do it in Europe. 
He's been to Europe. You know how I first tasted Folgers Crystals, by the way? Hmm. I was at a fancy French restaurant. <laughs> right. With my <laughs> fancy moose-haired, that is, hair that had, has had moose put in it, not hair like a moose, mm. girlfriend or wife. And I ordered a coffee. I said to my, I held it with two hands. I drank it. I said, this is good. Then this man comes out. He tells me it's Folgers Crystals. I'm a convert for life. Oh, man, did, I, did they base a series of commercials on it that led to a pretty funny Saturday Night Live parody starring Chris Farley? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's where that came from. That's where that came from. Uh, let's introduce our guest on this week's program. Uh, he is one of the podcasters behind the Goosebuds podcast. He is a uh, television and film writer who has uh, written on things like uh, the upcoming Troll Hunters Wizards. Uh, Unikitty, uh, Teen Titans Go, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Chad Quant. Hi, Chad. How are you? Hello, gentlemen. Nice to nice to jump in. I, I, I'm really sad to miss out on the Microsoft Access and Excel conversations. <laughs> yeah. uh, we can go back. We can easily go back. We, we, got, we got nothing else planned for the show. So if you want to double back and do anything on birding, if you want to do something on sunflowers, we are happy to we're happy to double back. Yeah, my... My notepad, Chad, just says Microsoft Bob, question mark. It's a reference to the graphical interface Microsoft Bob, where there was a, like a, uh, you talk to your computer like it was a person and it was an office instead of a table. I mean, a desk metaphor. Did they ever give him a, like a little like cartoon avatar persona? Like, hey, it's me, Bob. You trying to do a sum function? What's going on? <laughs> I killed Clippy. <laughs> <laughs> There's just an open grave somehow on your screen. You can just see the moved dirt. <laughs> I buried I buried him in a potter's field. <laughs> uh, Chad, you got any goals? You got any goals for for this part of for this unusual part of all of our lives? Are you trying to do anything with your life, or uh, <laughs> just trying just trying to get out of bed once a day? Uh, more of the latter. Uh, I had I, I have a short list. Um, though my my bullet journal I was always keeping very, very, very rigidly while I was on staff working on a show. Uh, now it's just become me tracking the ups and downs of the economy in Animal Crossing. Uh, so my priorities have changed a lot. Uh, I, I have this one shelf I've been meaning to hang up this whole time. I haven't really done it yet. It just I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at it right now. <laughs> It's there. I've been thinking a lot about a light fixture that I'm supposed to attach to the wall, but I don't really know how light fixtures attach. It seems like something I could do in the abstract. It's magic. Let's be honest. It's low level magic. <laughs> Chad, what's going on this shelf once it goes up? And it, it will go up. I believe in you. <laughs> You're a self-starter. You're a go-getter. The shelf is going up. What's going on the shelf once it, uh, once it goes I up? I wish I was making up what's supposed to go on the shelf uh, because what was on it before, before my uh, cat took it down, was a uh, Battlestar uh, model ship that I was given to uh, by a friend and a um, like this predator skull that I got at a flea market in San Diego that is very clearly a normal skull with plastic just kind of glued to the sides to make the mandibles of the Hold jaw. On. Now, I, I think we need some clarification. Is this yes. a Predator or is this the Predator? Um, well, it's, it, you know, it's different because, Jordan, as we all know, the uh, the canon of Predator has changed in the last couple of years. There's now 
uh, big boy predators. There's a dog predator. Uh, yeah. If you've seen the the newest addition to the franchise, I would say this is a young child predator skull. <laughs> this gotcha. seems like a, a young boy that was right. taken before he could become a hunter. Yeah, killed, killed, killed before he could ever hunt Carl Weathers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dog predator. <laughs> There, uh, yeah, I mean, in the uh, the newest uh, Shane Black uh, uh, take on on Predator, which I think was just called Predator, I don't know. Hey, Chad, uh, sounds like man's worst friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's that should have been the tagline for it for sure. <laughs> or um, just Predator Seven colon Dog Predator. That also would have worked. <laughs> You know, the Predator had dogs in uh, Predators with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, who else is in that? Adrian oh, oh, Brody? Adrian, Adrian Brody, Topher Grace. Ah, that, that, that cast was stacked. It was stacked. <laughs> I secretly hoped when you said Lawrence Fishburne was the star of it that it was just other actors from Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> I was just like, please say Esipathomirthison. Please. Right. Yes. Charo. <laughs> Charo makes an appearance. I think I think Jombie could like take down a predator or two. Know, there's one thing I know. It's what the predators prize above all else, and it's the skull. What do they do when they're hunting Jombie, a man who is just a head? Is it a challenge? Oh, that's why they can't get to him. They can't rip that spine out. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh my <laughs> He's the perfect counter. Haha, mecha lecha hi, mecha howdy ho, assholes. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and then he, hits, then he hits the self-destruct button. <laughs> Wait, is the self-destruct button on Clonky, right? It was, is it, I'm trying to remember, I'm going to embarrass yeah, myself. I think clon- yeah, yeah, what was the robot? Clonky. <laughs> it's not that, Clonky's not that far off, is it? No, I just think it's, it's better, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Clonky is pretty good. <laughs> I'm so ashamed of myself for not remembering the name of the typewriter robot from Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> Jordan, have you set any goals for yourself? Are you trying to achieve anything? You know, I have, I have, I've set some new financial goals for myself. Just kind of, you know, taking a oh. look at like, you know, economic news and kind of where everything is headed and where entertainment is headed. Um, you know, where podcasting is headed, and you know, and I think for a long time, I, my, you know, great financial dream was to someday own my own home, like my, you know, parents did, and. Their parents did. I just wanted to own my own home. And now I think I'm, you know, I'm adjusting it slightly based on kind of the economy. And I think my new financial goal is feel okay buying a slightly nicer brand of olive oil. (laughs) (laughs) I think one day if I work really hard and, you know, just get my name out there, grind, write every day, instead of buying the Kroger brand extra virgin olive oil, I could buy the Kroger organic brand extra virgin olive oil and i think that would really take my cooking to the next level i always dreamed of the same thing jordan uh owning my own home uh but it's hard you know it's tough so i decided to focus on avocado toast Mm, sure yeah (laughs) you have to pick one or the other it's avocado toast or a house well as a millennial yes (laughs) <laughs> sure, yeah. I, I read CNET, I know. Speaking of which, I ate two beets for lunch today. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, brag a, yeah, brag a lot, on, huh? Man. I know. Yeah, all right. I know. I know you're both one beet men. <laughs> Can't afford the second beet. But uh, yeah, I, I ate two beets for lunch yesterday. And when I was urinating uh, right before the show, I was looking at my 
my toilet bowl. I don't yeah. mean to be vulgar, but my the toilet bowl. Yeah. And I said to myself, oh, millennial pink. <laughs> is, is millennial pink a color? Is that something like you would? Yeah. Oh. It's like a rosy, it's like a dusty rosy pink. Oh, right. Like the uh, advertising for the Harley Quinn movie. <laughs> you got it. You should have, did you think about spelling out birds of prey with your urine? <laughs> Now, Jordan, as someone who was religious, did you think that was birds of P-R-A-Y and were really disappointed when you uh, went to I see mean, it? I mean, so much, so many swears, so many swears, and, <laughs> ugh, the violence and the, ugh, ugh, not, not, re- ugh, ugh. Jesus would never use a baseball bat to, to no. hurt others. And, uh. <laughs> Je- listen, if Jesus, Jesus would never break up with the Joker, if Jesus made a commitment to the Joker <laughs> in the eyes of God... At Gotham Courthouse, he would have stuck by the Joker thick and thin. Chad, are you suggesting that Jordan went to this film thinking it was about pious waterfowl? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I I think Jordan is, you know, I, I know, Jordan, we talked about comic books some, and you have a pretty good head around the DC universe. Fuck yeah, I but, do. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I know that the Bible is the first book right, you turn yeah. to, not uh, not Infinite Crisis. So, yeah, I think you thought it was going to be about religious birds. I know everything about the DC Universe, too. Everything from Firestorm, <laughs> the nuclear man, mm, yep. to Superman, to Firestorm, the nuclear man a second time. As a, as a religious man, um, you know, I think the first superhero, yeah, it was Lot's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be because she became a pillar of salt, so she's more of a, a thing type? Uh, not to go over to Marvel, but right, yes. that would be her power set, right? She, yeah, uh... yeah, right. Lot's wife with her famous catchphrase, it's clobbering time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look back, and I'm yeah. going to punch. That was her main thing. Um, speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, nerd subjects... Um, yes. Chad, uh, you mm-hmm. are uniquely qualified to um, to settle a debate that we were having on a previous episode of this show that kind of spilled over from the show onto our subreddit. Okay. Um, and the question was this. So oh, well, maybe I'll, I'll lay out some qualifications. You have recently worked on a TV show that is in the Star Trek universe, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is in uh, one of the quadrants of the Star Trek franchise, so to speak, Uh, for Nickelodeon. It doesn't have a title yet, or I would totally tell you about it. Quadrant. You talk the talk. I talk the talk. Um, So the question that was brought up on the show that I don't think we were, you know, uh, uh, qualified to answer, because we haven't worked in any quadrant of the Star Trek universe. I mean, Jesse, I mean, I think I'm a low-medium Star Trek guy. Would you say you're a medium Star Trek guy? I'm a low-medium Star Trek guy, but I am a high-level Star Trek guy. Uh, that's uh, the Neptune's vanity label from the late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> wow, that was a deep pull. I appreciate that. Um, so we're low-medium Star Trek guys, so we're not obligated. We, we don't think we can answer this question. And the question was this. Which of the Star Trek series is the horniest? Oh man, good. I, you know, I'm glad I'm done writing on the show, so they can't pull my scripts from me. Uh, <laughs> answering this question, uh, <laughs> I, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give a precursor before I answer this question. I appreciate you guys bringing me on for this. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I was not a, uh, a Trek head growing up, or a Trekkie, as the old terms are. 
because as a kid, I was like, I don't really get this show. They're just kind of in like beige hallways. It's <laughs> very, very strange and boring for me. I'm going to watch Power Rangers instead. You know, I had terrible I would tests. say, uh, what, I would say it stands along with probably The West Wing as one of television's greatest hallway shows. Right. It, it, man, those corridors are great. Ugh. Or or the Jeffries tubes, to use another uh, Trek term. Um wow. Uh, well, there's a little bit more of a, a metal steel uh, 90s music video aesthetic. But also, again, great hallways. Great hallways. Yeah, um, hallways. But with that in mind, so I, I've, I'm just mentioning it also so that I feel like the time where I would have been watching Star Trek with the most um, horniness myself, right, to kind of absorb that energy. Sure, yeah, uh, make teenage it personal. Chat, yeah, yeah I, I missed out on that. Um, but then over, you know, the last like five or six years, really got into TNG as a nice like it was a nice cup of tea at the end of the day uh to come home and and just enjoy the the stories and um so I'm a little biased um I'm split between the series itself right you're not making certain characters just what series was the horniest yeah I mean I yeah. think I think the 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 debate started um you know just from being a casual guy I was saying that it is very interesting that the original series the original Star Trek you know Chatner Nimoy etc um it may be in the running for horniest show ever. Horniest thing ever to be on TV. Just, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, hor- horn- horns for days on this thing. And my <laughs> kind of... That sounds like an alien in a Star Trek episode. Yes, horns yeah. for days. Yeah, horns, horns for days. Um, but TNG, to me, seems very sexless, very chaste. To me, to me that was my perspective, that it seems very, like... You know, it, it, it is a it is a it's a universe that is about duty, you know, and it's the people driven by duty, not by, you know, um, uh, wanting to get their fuck on. But that um, doesn't get your engine going, that duty, that 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 level of uh, dedication. Yeah. Sorry. Not a duty guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can I interject here? That was George's opinion as a medium Star Trek guy, low to medium Star Trek guy. Lower medium. Yeah. And then. I was kind of thinking as more of a Star Trek guy that probably the horniest Star Trek production is the uh, unreleased Super Cat album. Mm, sounds pretty horny. <laughs> yeah, Dance Hall legend Super Cat made an album. It never came out. Um, so Go Chad, ahead, you, you, no, so Chad, you were saying, do you does does, does one of the series? But then uh, people on Reddit were saying that they think TNG is very horny. Um, that was my first call. Okay. Yeah. Now I got a lot of Twitter feedback about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, yeah. Because I've really I've seen some episodes of original Star Trek. You know, the normal amount that every American has twelve, maybe. Uh, I've seen a fair amount of Star Trek: The Next Generation when it was on KBHK mm-hmm. Channel Forty Four. <laughs> uh, Shout out! Tw- Shout out! Twelve cable, but I didn't have cable. Was catching that over the air. Uh, and then I, I, I watched the first few of uh, the Pat, new Patrick Stewart show. So there's a few in there that I haven't really seen. <laughs> but, but I hope I know. I, I really, I really like thinking that Star Trek Picard is called the new Patrick Stewart show as a variety program. <laughs> I really like that a lot. <laughs> Weirdly, David Letterman's in the cast. <laughs> Tim, Tim Conway pops up in all the sketches. Uh, they did get Worf back to to drop himself in wearing a big suit made of Alka Seltzer into a tub of water. It was <laughs> right. it was hilarious. A classic gag. Um, I 
I was thinking, now I know that there is one of these Star Treks is called Star Trek Bacula, starring Scott Bacula. And I said, <laughs> almost certainly, almost certainly anything Bacula is going to be the horniest, horniest in class, you know? Oh, that's just you're, uh, you're assuming without seeing that Bacula is bringing that energy. That, Bacula brings that to any project, whether it's that or men of a certain age or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you've heard the expression BDE, Bacula dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say bringing sexy Bacula, but no. BDE is pretty good. No, you know, either way, that's a, it, it, they're both great. <laughs> <laughs> they can yeah. both be put on a shirt. We'll be yeah. fine. Um, Look, those other captains don't know how to act. Right. So this is the feedback I got from this, Chad. Yeah, please. Because the feedback was big, it was serious, and it was powerful, and it was screen caps of a part from Star Trek Bacula where they have to strip to the waist <laughs> after they use the transporters <laughs> and hose each other down Silkwood style. But it's like comet. It's more like silk stockings would. Could could you send me some links to these screen grabs? Because I I don't recall that from uh, Star Trek Bacula. Uh, People sent me this, and it's Scott Bacula. He's nude to the waist. <laughs> we sorry. When you say nude to the waist, do you mean uh, from the bottom up or from the up down? Sure. And they're <laughs> they're washing each other down. Him and a lady from the show. God knows who this is. Certainly not Scott Bacula. <laughs> they're ho they're like washing each other with you know like loofahs. And it's everything is like red backlit, like again, like silk stockings, but they're hosing each other down as in the as in the horrific melodrama Silkwood when the working woman is exposed to radiation. Um yeah. So Chad, you were saying you you do you do you feel like there are two two different tracks that could compete for horniness. Yeah, and I'll and I'll, and I'll 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 share. You know, this is a very heavy conversation, sure. and I appreciate. It. I, I think if we are talking about um, horniness in terms of character dynamics, I would maybe go Voyager, just for all uh, the loving sexual tension on that crew um, that I like to imagine. Um, but that also might just be because you have the great Catherine Janeway on that one. Um, I You're think saying that's the one you're horniest for? I need to clarify that I did not say that before this recording, that I was not the horniest for Voyager. You are, obje you are objectively just, I mean, just like the, the crew of the Enterprise objectively looks at other cultures, you are objectively looking at the horniness of various Star Trek. Yeah, and I'm also looking at the captain, because the captain not only leads the crew, right. they set the sexual tone for the rest of their adventures. I think that's a really good, yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you. Now, you might say uh, Kirk uh, is the obvious choice then, but... When you rewatch some of those TOS episodes, uh, Kirk's, uh, the way he handles himself with the ladies would not work today. Uh, you would not you would not sign off on those. There's a lot of grabbing women by the shoulders in a way that goes, hey, let's maybe take this to HR. Uh, so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, actually, even though I think Voyager is a close second, I'll go TNG, particularly just for one example of by the first season of the show. I think within the first like five episodes, uh, Data, uh, a non-living, arguably synthetic being, gets down and busy with Tasha Yar in a beautifully not sexy outfit that is so not sexy it goes over the threshold, back over to sexiness. Um, 
And it's implied the data is equipped to uh, please uh, anyone he needs to. He's fully functional, is the quote, I believe. Oh. Uh, and that is, the, the the show hits the ground running with robot sex, which is why I, robots are a derogatory term, I'm very sorry. Um, I, I'd say an android, uh, at the very least. Uh, I think that's, I think that sets the tone. Yeah. And then Picard, like John, John Luke, also from the John, uh, the John Luke Picard show, or sorry, <laughs> the, Patrick the Patrick Stewart, Stewart show, show. <laughs> the Patrick Stewart show. Uh, yeah. I, there's something about that, that charisma, you know, he won't get down, but he has gotten down. Oh, he, sure. He's, he he's has lived. a very rich life mm-hmm. and there's constant just like chemistry between him and every officer on the bridge, uh, except for Wesley. No, there's nothing there. That's a very platonic fatherly men- mentor. Role. But everybody, um, else, everybody, else but everyone else, he just it's a very respectful sexual gravitas that I would put TNG at the very top. Also, uh, just one more evidence point, because I know I'm going to get some angry emails. Thank you guys for for dooming to me for this for the rest of my life. <laughs> We're like, as this podcast exists. Hey, Chad, let's let's steer it over to Star Trek Opinions. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> your mentions forever. <laughs> I, w- I would point to uh, one of the episodes of TNG that I'm blanking on the episode, but they very much cover that the holodeck would be used for hanky panky on the regular by crew members. Uh, and I think that kind of, that kind of goes that level of like, yeah, this is a horny show. Uh, I think Patrick Stewart particularly has that energy of, a like a brilliant, elegant theater lifer, uh, like an Alan Cumming who sort of, can has and will fuck anything mm, sure. <laughs> sure but like always will leave the campsite cleaner than when he got there you know what i mean like, <laughs> like he'll he he'll fuck you know uh five different people representing five different genders simultaneously in a you know in, in some kind of like a scottish castle that he's invited them all to uh and at the end, everyone uh, will thank him and bow. Right. You know <laughs> what I mean? He has stories about going on a retreat with Willem Dafoe and Judy Dench. And... Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll give, if you really want to, if you're not sure if you feel Patrick Stewart's sexual energy based on this conversation, if I could recommend a, a YouTube video, I don't know if that's allowed on this show. Uh, it is. It's uh, encouraged. I mean, I think okay, I think you. you'll, uh, you know, I think we love to describe fav- our favorite YouTube videos. Um, any chance to, um, you know, just get out there and remind people of the cat who sounds uh, like a southern gentleman saying, well, hi, when his owner <laughs> films him. <laughs> well, hi. Oh, you mean like Oolong Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, I... I I have to I have to disagree here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not comfortable with uh, him plugging YouTube uh, video. <laughs> I have a uh, I have an exclusive deal with Break dot com. Oh sure sure <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they they literally doubled the money I was making from Jib Jab. So I want to really show them some respect on the program. Oh, I'm sure, dude. They're probably offering like a three dollars CPM. Yeah, probably uh, a high level. Chad, can you meet yeah. us halfway and just recommend something from E-Bombs World? You know, let me see. Let me scroll. I'm I'm finding a version of this video that has an iFunny watermark on it that I think I can recommend. Uh, 
this is a, a video from 2013, um, wherever you find it uploaded. And just to, to paint the picture is what seems to be his 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 wonderful wife, Patrick Stewart's wife, videotaping this. My assumption is that they are in some cabin in the woods, possibly stoned. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that's and it's from her. It, it's from her POV as she was recording. It, so it's already feeling a little uh, erotic. Sure. Right. Uh, you can just pretend yeah. that you are dating or married to Patrick Stewart. And it is a very cute video where he teaches his wife uh, the quadruple take. And there's oh, nothing yeah. about it that is sexual, but boy, oh boy, does it get me going. It is, mm-hmm. it is so just like, I, I, would, I would take him right there in that cabin. He, he is so charming in it. I had that same feeling about Mandy Patinkin singing Sondheim. Mm, <laughs> just love me now. Yeah, he's, he plays a cop a lot these days, but you don't, you don't, people don't remember he was a song and dance man first. <laughs> just like walking. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, well, Ch- yeah, Chad, thank you for weighing in on that. I mean, I think uh, I'm, I, I regret all of my answers so much. I'm if if I can ever send you like a, an addendum at some point to be added to another episode or something like that. I, I just listen, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go to a Star Trek convention at some point, And I am so terrified of the Q&A now. <laughs> yeah, people are just going to people are going to, you know, you're going to talk like, oh, you know, what was it like working on the show? And, you know. You know, who's your favorite captain? And then, you know, somebody's just going to stand up and go, uh, and Jordan Jesse Go, episode 633, <laughs> you stated that Voyager was the horny nest, whereof I personally have cranked it to Deep Space Nine on a number of occasions. This is a two part question. I, I, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. It's going to be you somehow, Jordan. It'll be you. It will be me. With a mustache <laughs> and, and, and a Ferengi head, yes. <laughs> Can I say uh, my pick for horniest? Please, Star Trek yeah. Show? Oh, please, please. Benny Hill. <laughs> I feel like it's crazy that it hasn't come up yet. Yeah, the, I, you know, I don't. I don't think Benny Hill was officially a Star Trek show. Yeah, I think it. I think it was. It, it was a little earlier than it was in between the original series and, and Next Generation. They did Benny Hill. It ran on PBS. Mm. Hmm. You know, my oh, okay. Well, I guess if we're gonna use you know things that are. Um, you know, kind of in the extended Star Trek universe, which I guess Benny Hill was. No, it's main. Do you have you seen? It's he is like, it is a regular Benny Hill show. It's a regular Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. It's about a, a horny Englishman. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and he's always in in fast motion. And there's uh, there's sometimes there's boobs. Hmm. Is this take place in the holodeck? Because <laughs> if you were to say that. There's like a fast forward glitch, for example, and the holodeck is moving right. particularly too fast to keep up with. I would yeah. totally buy oh, it. Oh, shit. Trek episode. Is that, does every Benny Hill episode take place on the holodeck? <laughs> That's why there are busty nurses and gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Can I point out, by the way, that my uh, Star Trek series that I, I was very proud, uh, it was a, a pleasure to, to write and uh, produce on, is a kid's animated show. <laughs> Can I point out yes. that detail? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're so inex- inexpert. By the way, the whole thing with the Benny Hill show and the holodeck, uh, the issue was when they made the holodeck, they spent all their money on the artificial intelligence and the holograms and stuff. And they only had enough licensing money to license yakety sacks. Ah. Right. Uh... Yeah, because <laughs> right, because um, the creator of Star Trek uh, found that loophole where he wrote lyrics to the theme song, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. And I also now I understand that the canon is explained that 
that was being played uh diet that was diegetic audio i believe is the term right uh, yeah of Reich, Riker was not on the holodeck but he was playing his trombone uh <laughs> while off screen playing yakety sax and that's the sound that was permeating into the holodeck that makes perfect sense now Got it. When you say Riker was playing his trombone, I don't. I don't mean the euphemism. <laughs> okay. I mean Riker was in a scabbard. <laughs> if every time, if every time Riker came, it played yakety sax. <laughs> Can I just maybe if there's some of our listeners out there who are maybe looking for a little project, maybe looking for a little you know editing project to to you know kill some time, why don't we? Take that clip of Scott Bakula loofahing um, the female crew member. Add yakety sax. <laughs> wow, that might become too horny. Yeah. Jordan. Well, I mean, let's let's use this time to experiment. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've we've solved this case pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we sure have. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm guest Chad Quant, boy seen on the side of a milk carton. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh, there's a bit of a mystery what happened to me. Yeah. Maybe you fell down the old well. Guy who went to <laughs> elementary school ended up on the side of a milk carton. Re- really? Did he win a prize or was he was he missing? Uh, he w- he went missing. Uh, he went voluntarily missing. I think he was like fifteen or sixteen. Uh, things were tough at home, and he went missing. Oh well, there's no comedy in those minds, is there? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. I do like the I do like the idea that you can be on on a milk carton for being missing or for winning a contest. <laughs> Just to really like freak people out for a second. Oh no, I, I'm sorry. I won Milk Boy of the Month. I'm fine. I'm at home. I'm safe at home. I just won Milk Boy of the Month. You know, in National Geographic for Kids magazine, there was this page called Kids Did It. Mm. Uh, and it was like for kids who had had done, you know, had gotten remarkable jobs, you know, like if you were the announcer for a minor league baseball team or or you won an international science contest and discovered the cure to a disease or if you were kidnapped. Yeah, sure. Or if you stopped the wet bandits from breaking into your house while your <laughs> parents were through in ex- France, I think. An extraordinary series of tortures. <laughs> well, how, you, how else are you going to be Milk Boy of the Month if you don't torture the wet bandits? Wow, was Macaulay Culkin the first Milk Boy of the Month? The first Milk Boy, yes. He was the inspiration for all other Milk Boys. <laughs> and, and for the Steven Spielberg movie, the first Milk Boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of my favorites. It was a... Different time, the early to mid nineteen nineties. Beautiful time, though. Yeah, yeah. especially for milk. <laughs> so, so lush, so yeah. lush and green. Very verdant. Yeah, more verdant. I would say it was a more verdant and peaceful world. Right. Sure. Well, everything was hyper color, so it just it just popped. Right. right. Everything was just pinks and oranges. Yeah, yeah. 
what show is this again? Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN for our segment, Momentous Occasions. That's 206-984-4FUN. Or you can just send a voice memo to jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here's our first such call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, possible guest. This is James in Tallahassee, and this is a momentous occasion from about a year ago, which I didn't call in at the time because it was before I started listening to the show. So I'm out with some friends. It's late. We've been drinking, and we hire an Uber to get home. The driver is a, a big guy. He's looks like he's in his 50s or so, uh, in pretty good shape, and there's uh, baseball equipment in the car. So we ask about that, and he tells us that he's running a baseball camp during the day. And we ask if he's a, a former player, and he says that, yeah, in fact, he was in the majors for a bit. Nothing too notable. Uh, but then he tells us that he has a brother who was in the majors for 16 years. So that's intriguing. And so we start asking more questions. And, you know, he's kind of giving us a little bit at a time. It, it, it turns oh into a bit God. of a trivia game. Uh, he tells us that his brother got started in Oakland. Uh, he was an outfielder. Oh he hit God. over 400 home runs. You uh, six-time all-star. And then I the biggest clue, no which is that his brother believes that he was blacklisted and forced to retire because of a book he was writing. So, yeah, our uh, Uber driver was Ozzy Canseco. Your or fucking Uber Jose driver was Ozzy Canseco. Show. Thanks. Jose Canseco's twin brother. <laughs> I guessed it before he even started listing qualities of Jose Canseco. This is amazing. Wow. <laughs> This is breathtaking. Now, uh, Jesse, maybe you. I'm, this is probably something you can help me with. I, I, I where, used to. Where can you get the clear? <laughs> it. What's how? Do you? Are you keeping up with how Jose Canseco is dealing with the coronavirus? Oh no. <laughs> My guess is uh, well. Yeah, I mean he's he's virulently health virulently healthy mm. if anything sure. i would say he's 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 gonna live to be 241 or whatever i think jose canseco <laughs> i think jose canseco is probably handling this crisis well didn't he wasn't he trying to sell his own thumb on twitter for a period because <laughs> <laughs> his lucky thumb was responsible for all those hits is that the as, is that the thought yeah process? as a collectible I or like just for no. would-be hitchhikers I, yeah i had i mean yeah the car is more likely to stop if it's a celebrity thumb <laughs> pull <laughs> over i think that's jose canseco <laughs> sure oh it's just a regular guy with jose canseco's <laughs> distinctive thumb <laughs> i had willem defoe's thumb in here last week <laughs> that's a big thumb big that's thumb. a big thumb yeah. that well, thumb. well uh, I, I would think that you ask how he's handling himself in the coronavirus i would think really poorly because if i recall he's one of the bash brothers uh and you can't bash another brother you can't put those arms next to a, a brother's arm during this this virus right is, yes you can't bash from six feet away yeah yeah right you, you got to slam that forearm against each other yeah, good point. I mean, how? Yeah, how is he? Right, that's such an essential part of who he is. How is he keeping that? I don't know. Who? who yeah, he probably has asked the question: <laughs> Who am I? If I cannot bash, who am I? Am I just a brother? Right. I have a thumb update. If you guys want, yes, a quick thumb yeah, update. Yeah, Brian so, needs to give us a quick thumb update here. 
uh, he so he tweeted a while ago. This was in 2015, I think, that his thumb fell off while he was playing in a poker tournament, <laughs> and, and that there was video of the incident. And so that he sold to a media outlet, and he was thinking of selling it uh, on eBay. But okay. then it turns out that the incident never happened. He got the idea when he saw a fake bloody finger in a Halloween store, but he actually. <laughs> He so he didn't fall off at a poker tournament. He but he did shoot it off while he was cleaning a gun. It was re, successfully reattached. Wow. <laughs> okay. So which would you say is the got the idea part of this? <laughs> the part, the part where he saw a novelty thumb in a magic store that he was hanging out in, or the part where he shot his thumb off. Thought maybe I could do something with this. Well, I'm wondering if the timeline, uh, Jesse, is because we're not I'm not sure on the details and maybe you can check that out. But is if he shot his thumb off and this was like mid fall and he's like, well, crap, I got to get the kids Halloween costumes. (laughs) And so he's holding his bloody hand, but he's got to get like the Captain America costume for his kid or he's going to be super embarrassed. Yeah. And so he's there and then he sees the fake thumb. I think it's the other way around. I think that he saw the thumb in the costume store or whatever. Got excited, bought it, thought, I'm going to do something with this. Then, later, he shot off his own thumb and said, this coincidence is too good to be true. <laughs> you know? Can't pass this up. Like, well, even if not without knowing that, and you said, list three celebrities that have lost a thumb, he would be the first guy I would say. <laughs> <laughs> What would you say are the other two, or the other one besides Sybil Shepherd? Oh yeah, well Sybil Sybil Shepherd, of course, famous, uh, right, <laughs> famous shit kicker Sybil Shepherd. Oh, I think she kind of was, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um, and I think the third one, ah, the Divine Miss Gal Gadot. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought you were gonna say the Divine Miss M, Bette Midler. <laughs> I mean, that was a surprising choice, but I was willing to roll with it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Not her. Well, the Bette Miller is because she often was known for, for putting her thumbs in the eyes of her enemies, right? That's how she right. climbed yes. her way to the top. <laughs> of the <Yeah>. Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bette Midler was the boss of the Yakuza for a while because she'd thumb out the eyes of her enemies. You're not good enough to hold your samurai sword anymore. You must cut off that thumb. Oh, yeah. If you ever see Middler in the shower, full tattoo, full body tattoo. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wait, is that why she has those tattoos of tears on her face? Uh, I mean, well, that's a a related but slightly different reason, yes. (laughs) That's because of the people she killed when she was in prison, right? right? Yeah, she thumbed out a couple eyes in prison. Yeah, yeah. And plus one for the episode of Seinfeld that she was in. (laughs) Right, yeah, Yeah. she get a teardrop for guesting on (laughs) Seinfeld. That's why uh, Terry Hatcher has one. (laughs) I always thought it was a solidarity thing with the First Wives Club. Okay, now I understand. Was a oh, yeah, right, okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All the First yeah. Wives Club. All, if you're in the First Wives Club, they jump you in. <laughs> <laughs> if, you can, if you can survive <laughs> 10 minutes in the ring with the First Wives Club, you become a wife, but you have to get the tattoo. Is it is it a ring or is it like a cage match? Match. I'd like to see a cage match. Yeah, it's a, it's a fight club situation. It's like a rusty fence that they put over you. <laughs> Hey, the first first rule of First Wives Club is you don't talk about First Wives Club. <laughs> Second rule is 
do it in the rusty cage. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the third rule is Goldie Hawn gets a free shot. She always gets there a first you, free yes. hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's in a lower weight class. Thank you, Chad, for knowing <laughs> someone else who is in First Wives Club. That's what I was <laughs> fucking racking is my brain Is it weird with. that as a 10-year-old boy, I watched a lot of First Wives Club over and over again? Is that weird? Not at all. Not at all. I think no, uh, that's super cool. it's a seminal movie for a lot of people. <laughs> Thanks, thank you, Jesse. I was just watching Boat Trip over and over. Sure. <laughs> uh, Brian, we have another call in there. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, Impossible Guests. This is Roger from Brooklyn calling in on Moments Occasion. So about 12 years ago, and I remember the date so the school's time, I was walking home from the train to my apartment, and I was walking past this uh, medical office that was undergoing some renovations, and there was all this uh, junk on the street, fixtures and posters and stuff. There's also this big box. It's that size, like a banker's box, like file storage uh, container. And it says, water-based personal lubricant single-use pack. Mm. So I look in it, and it's this full box of, you know, those little packs of lube that you might hand out at, a, you know, with a dental dam or something like that. So my first thought was, what am I going to do with all this? Um, second thought was, well, lube's expensive. What's worse is going to happen? Someone's going to see me. Can I take it? And I would keep some in my bedside drawer until today. I uh, reached in, and it's all gone. I finished that entire box of lube. Um, I'm not sure how many, but I think I might have been a 5,000-count box. So uh, thanks, guys. Hard as rock, wet as a river. Bye. This guy acts like... This guy acts like he's bragging that he's been doing it so much. Yeah. <laughs> but right. really what he's bragging about, if you ask me... Is that uh, not to put too fine a point on it? But uh, his penis doesn't self lubricate as much as it used to. <laughs> right, he's getting a little older. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You need a, just need a little uh, help from Doctor Astroglide. Yeah, it doesn't get as juicy as it once did. So, now, the single use lube packet. I have not heard of that. No. Uh, it's something you'd give out with a dental dam, Jordan. Man, I mean, we were, Jesse, you and I were, we were RAs. I mean, I gave out my fair share of dental dams, but I never gave out a a, a tiny single serving <laughs> dipping sauce sized pack of lube. <laughs> a Chick-fil-A packet's worth of lube. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Uh, they have so many lube options at Chick-fil-A. I know I, I don't love their politics, but I like their lube yeah. selection. <laughs> Yeah, when my when my grandma died, we opened we pulled open her, uh, her kitchen drawer and it was completely full of McDonald's lube packets. Right. Well, she, she's <laughs> and, from a different time. And I looked she's at my mother and she time. looked back at me and she said, "Child of the Depression." Right. <laughs> you know, they didn't have the money to buy lube. Sure, yeah, you never knew. Uh, you never know what's going to get you wet next. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that's I I feel like I've never seen that. That's okay. it seems like something you would yeah, like a uh, single use. It just seems wasteful to me. Did you ever? <laughs> Wait, sorry, 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 just, sorry, Jess. I just need to ask. When you say single use is wasteful, Jordan, are you proposing that you take the lube that you've used and scoop it back into the packet so it becomes more than a single <laughs> I use? I mean, get a bottle, get a get a you know, get just the all the packaging. I think I, I I'm okay. not suggesting okay. you sure. re sure. use your lube, although you know if you really loved the environment, maybe you would. <laughs> Okay, thank you. You can gather. You what you do is you strain it into a new container, and then you can use it as long as it doesn't get too hot. <laughs> you can't heat it past the smoke point. Oh, okay. That's because otherwise you have to deal with free radicals. Oh man, well, I don't need that when I'm cranking it. 
No, or new radicals. You don't want that either when you're cranking. No, I know, nope. right? Strictly alpha flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we went into a couple different directions there. Yeah, I liked that. That was interesting. <laughs> Chad, you were talking about the new radicals, the 90s one-hit wonder that said, saying, don't let go, you've got the music in you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jesse, you're talking about the Canadian X-Men. Yeah, alpha flight. <laughs> now, how did we get here? <laughs> I thought the new radicals. I thought that was. I must have been thinking of the new Teen Titans or something. Or oh, the new Warriors, Warriors yeah. perchance. Yeah, the Warriors. Warriors. That yes. must have been what I was thinking of. <laughs> also, great '90s one hit wonder band. Uh, tub tub thumping, <laughs> right? The new Warriors tub thumping. <laughs> Closing time, maybe. Closing time. Yes, exactly. I have a question for you, though, seriously, Jordan, because yeah. you and I were both RAs, yeah. and we were responsible for distributing. Uh, sexual safety equipment. Right. Did we ever um, distribute safety equipment to a member of the Alpha Flight, for instance, Sasquatch or Wendigo? <laughs> yeah, or or Puck, who's a tinier boy. He's going to have a hard time with this. Right, needs. yes, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, and when I say safety equipment, I'm talking, of course, about the, the, full, the whole thing, wrist guards, elbow pads, <laughs> right. knee pads, yes. helmets, uh, everything you need. Sure, stop, drop, um, and roll. I definitely, I mean, we've talked in the past about how many Magnum condoms David from our hall needed. Yeah, he sure did. Like, I was constantly knocking on my door. I'm like, dude, get just get some condoms because you're obviously fucking your way through Porter College. <laughs> you're, you're huge schlong uh, that's attached to your, like, uh, weird uh, sort of... Um, sinuous body mm-hmm. sort of long-limbed yeah, sinuous the body had a, the man had a real gymnast's build but uh <laughs> if gymnasts were tall i think we'd say he has like a volleyball player's that's build that's probably maybe. closer that's probably closer sure but... sure o- otterbot is the new internet term i think for some of it otterbot yeah. there I've you go heard of otterbot. Yeah, otterbot. Like, jack can you describe otterbot it's i have not heard that well, before You've never seen the muscle, muscular abs of an otter and thought, like, what if that was on a dude who was tall and, <laughs> and svelte and, and could just hold me on his chest? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I do. It would be pretty hot if, uh, you know, an otter who was a real daddy type would uh, smash my head with a rock like I was a <laughs> sea urchin. <laughs> Use tools. Yeah, sure. Arguably. Ooh, smash my head, Zaddy. Uh, uh, Otterbot is probably my favorite Kraftwerk 12 inch. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Speaking of uh, 12 inches, obviously right. we've yes. covered that David was always getting Magnum condoms from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I definitely had dental dams, but I don't remember anyone ever asking for it. And there were. Uh, plenty. There was plenty of pussy eating going on on my hall, as far as I know. Sure. Like, I don't think that was the <laughs> issue. Because you had you had microphones installed, and that's how you knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would check in during all the floor meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what Raise your hand if you've munched a box sometime in the past month. <laughs> uh, just t- tell me how you're feeling, one to ten. And if you've been licking the bean lately, sure. Uh, just as a check-in. Yeah, you got to check in. You got to check in. <laughs> yeah. But did you ever actually give out a dental dam? I, what I want to know really is I understand that the dental dam is important maybe for not transferring things that could cause cancer or something. I don't know what uh, dental dams exactly are supposed to be doing. Uh, but I do remember them always saying, like, 
you can't just wrap your dick in uh, saran wrap. Sure. Yeah, that's that's sure. very important. I think I probably, in, in my RA time, I maybe gave out three dams. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Did they ask for him, or did you just kind of like hand them down? To the <laughs> yeah, I just, th- I just threw them at kids who were uh, playing their hand drums in the halls. <laughs> quiet down. It's quiet hours. And then I would fling the dental dam at them like a Frisbee. <laughs> well, when you have something momentous happen to you, like your RA flings a dental dam at you like a Frisbee, 206 984 fun or send a voice memo to jjgo at org. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Judge Don Hodgman won a Webby in the comedy podcast category. After 10 years of production, Judge John Hodgman has finally won the Susan Lucci of the Webbies. What is Judge John Hodgman? Comedy writer and television personality John Hodgman settles disputes between friends, family, co-workers, partners, and more. Is Machine Gun a robot? Should a grown adult tell his parents about his tattoos? Should a family be compelled to wear matching outfits on vacation? Listen to Judge John Hodgman to find out the answers to these age-old disputes and more. If you haven't listened to Judge John Hodgman, now is a great time to start. Judge John Hodgman is available on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, oh, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan-Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I am Chad Quant, boy who is, boy, his, his parents really haven't looked for him yet. They really should start looking for him. It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, Chad, I would like to recommend that all of our listeners check out your great podcast, The Goose Buds. I was on it uh, a little while back, and I just had such a fun time uh, goofing around with you guys talking about the abominable snowman of Pasadena. Oh, what a great, what a great episode. Yes, Jordan, thank you for, for mentioning that and, and for being on the show. Yeah, if you uh, are at an age that read uh, Goosebump books, the great works of one R.L. Stein, uh, you can check out Goosebuds Pod, where uh, we we cover others, you know, YA novels as well. We got an Animorphs in there. Oh, you gotta get an Animorphs. You gotta you get gotta an get an Animorphs in, in there. Uh, we haven't done a Boxcar Children yet, but I'm waiting that up. Uh, but it's a it's a great time. Yeah, we just kind of uh, review the books and uh, give them the tough critiques they deserve. And Jordan, you are a wonderful wonderful guest on it. Do you can you say I have I have I have I have three questions for you? And yes. I didn't want to when yes. I was on the show. I had a lot of questions about Goosebumps, but I didn't want to you know make if you guys the podcast leave ye be answer <laughs> <laughs> me these questions three. If the cast on which to stay, <laughs> everybody 
Neuter and Spay. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so there was a Monty Python reference into Cha Cha Slide. Is that what that? Listen, yeah. Chad, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We're talking about Alpha okay, We're I'm... talking about okay. the new radical. <laughs> who cares? Just say stuff. I'm trying to decide who the best baseball brother of the late 1980s and early 1990s is right. because <laughs> I was really keen on Ozzy Canseco when I was thinking about it, but then I remembered that time that Billy Ripken had the baseball bat where the knob of the bat said fuckface. Sure, yeah, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> fuckface. <laughs> so, Chad, do you can you have you been able to glean anything about R.L. Stein's worldview from the Goosebumps? <laughs> Does he inject any of his uh, himself into the books, or are they just you know pure you know mercenary you know churning out as much claptrap as he can to get paid? There's a few that are Randian, right? Sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And only the greatest and those who deserve the haunted mask will be able to put them on, <laughs> right. on their heads. Yes. Um, like, so the werewolf got rich because he was he was such a brilliant scientist. Pull <laughs> <laughs> um, yourself you're, up you're by your bootstrap. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, not any books about trains in the uh, the first lexicon <laughs> wow. of Goosebump yeah, books. First problem. Um, you know, and to answer your question, I mean, the, the most debated topic we have on the show, and I think we talked about when you were on too, Jordan, is how many of these books are are actually ghost written. Um, we are we have a bunch of theories. There's a big uh, conspiracy wall. We have tracking of of uh, anonymous sources claiming they've written some of the books. And we like to kind of try to see, like, okay, now did RL write this one or did RL write the title? And then someone just kind of ran with it, like, uh, Invisible Mirror. Sure, maybe there's ghosts in it. <laughs> and then you just kind of go from there. It's a safe bet. There's ghosts in that mirror. <laughs> my uh, my eight-year-old is square in the, like, series book reading demo. Uh, she's She's deep in it. She really loves something called Big Nate. Ah, uh, yes, it's a, coming out as a cartoon series now, I believe. Yeah, it's a very she's very excited about that. She loves she loves Big Nate. Uh she's read uh quite a few Nancy Drews. At one point, this was a couple of years ago, but she read every Magic Treehouse, literally every one. There's like 60 of them. Nice. Uh those those are truly horrible. Uh, <laughs> I read um I read to her last night. And I was surprised that she even let me read to her because it's it's been a while. But uh, I read to her last night an American Girl doll novelization. Okay. So each American Girl doll is like its own character. Mm -hmm. And then they come with a novel yes. about the character. And uh, my, my wife had an American Girl doll that was in her parents, you know, a garage or something and they they brought it down for my daughter gracie and i started reading the novel of kirsten uh it's tells the story of her uh thrilling adventure immigrating from sweden in the late 19th century mm -hmm. and i gotta tell you i get pretty into it <laughs> <laughs> you're you're pulling for a little kirsten like i was like this is so much better than for a book that came with a doll, it was pretty solid. 
I, I, I actually could fulfill on that, Jesse, is uh, I recently found out um, my my girlfriend had worked in high school at the American Girl doll store um, and has plenty of horror stories that I shouldn't uh, share third party on this podcast, as juicy as they are. But I was fascinated by there are set rules. And Jesse, maybe you've run into this when you're you're covering these books with your with your child that that there are strict rules about like the stories of the girls and their and their play style and what I the impression I've gotten is the girls from each of their eras cannot meet they are they are not allowed to like interact with one another because they're set in different decades and mm-hmm. and I felt like there's something missing there in the American Girl doll store of of sort of Avengers Infinity War right. where yes. They all come together, right? Maybe on the holodeck. Sure. Maybe on the maybe yeah. on the holodeck. No, yeah. I mean, you think with you think with all the with all the you know with all the shared universes being all the rage, they would concoct some sort of you know time stone or you know like wormhole gauntlet or something like that for you know Kirsten to put on so she could visit uh, Samantha, the pioneer girl. I think that's what we all yes, want to exactly. see. And they're kind of like, they fight at first. It's like, who are you? Are you a magician? Mm-hmm. Are you a sorcerer? They fight a little bit, but then they have to, uh, team up to fight. Oh, let's say dark side. <laughs> uh, my daughter took, my daughter took Kirsten to the American girl store here in Los Angeles, uh, a few months ago. And, um, she and she and my wife, uh, my wife and, and my daughter and Kirsten. So the three of them mm-hmm. had a special like tea, a tea mm-hmm. time that's just for mm-hmm. girls and, and moms and their dolls. And then they took her to get a special customization. Uh, mm-hmm. They have all these customizations. And um, my daughter was allowed to get one customization. She was considering haircut. She was considering all this different stuff. And she chose a hearing aid for Kirsten. And my wife was like, you only get to choose one. Is, is that your choice? And, and my daughter decided yes. And that was, that was sweet. And uh, the woman at the counter said to my wife, um, you know, I'm actually, normally we do this just right here, but I have to take this one uh, back and then I can bring it back to you later. Uh, it's, uh, and then she leaned into my wife's ear and said, they drill a hole in the head. The girls don't oh, like to see wow. it. Wow. <laughs> oh! Wow. Jeez. Wow. If I was going to pick a, 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 an accessory <laughs> for my American girl, I would choose flame decals. <laughs> Makes it go faster. So you, you had... You had you had further questions. I had further my okay. So so hard to pin down the politics or worldview of R.L. Stein. Yeah. So I, I will. I do want to add just as a, an addendum to that that when there are several books that when you and you go through R.L.'s process, he also says he starts with the title first, and that's oh, sure. always the best way to start a story. Is there's a he talks about how he grew up and that he wasn't allowed to go outside as much. There's in, in, implications that. Maybe he had like asthma or allergies. And so he would just watch kids through the window and and write stories about the adventures they had had. But then you start reading the books. You're like, I think Arl was kind of writing like um, a, a murder stories about all these children that he couldn't be friends with. Uh, it, it's a fascinating look and uh, insight into a man. And off the top of your, is there a best and worst book you've had to read for the podcast? Ooh, that's a very, uh, very good question. Uh, my favorite one is... Uh, out of the at least core uh, pantheon of books, 
is uh, uh, was it the curse? The curse of Camp Jelly Jam <laughs> with a. <laughs> Uh, great cover. Uh, it's got got uh, a counselor on the front with this big grin that looks kind of like what's that character that Martin Short used to play where he'd pull his pants up and spike his hair? Ed Grimley. Yeah, sure. Ed Grimley. Thank you. Ed Grimley looks a little like Ed Grimley. Um, you know, kids brought to this camp to to be athletes and play sports, which is already mm. terrible. Sports camp set. Oh no. Uh, but they might need to uh, subject themselves to be the slaves of a gross uh, jellyfish monster that stinks so bad that kids die. It's a pretty good story. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and uh, what's the what's the absolute worst one? Uh, worst one, um, you know, honestly, it, it, we're probably like seventy books in at this point so far. They've all blurred together. Um, Worst one, it's a really good question, honestly, and I should have an answer for this. Uh, I would probably say one of the choose your own adventure or the give yourself goosebumps. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, uh, because there are there are tracks in and we'll do some episodes where we'll kind of like one of us will be the dungeon master and read the book to the other two where we'll pick the cho- the journey and which one to go through, which is a very fun, fun way to do. And uh, there are sometimes there's plots where you just didn't have a choice or it'll be like, Oh, the case of the ghost horse. And then one of the choices after about five, ten pages in of the Choose Your Own Adventure will be like, do you want to follow the horse or do you want to go home and tell your parents about it? Well, since this is a story about ghost horse, I'm going to probably follow the ghost horse. And then when do you know it? The next page is a dead end and you're dead. Ah, car hit you. You should have gone home. <laughs> you should have gone home, I guess. Like It's like one of those sort of like, right, what, what are we even doing here? Um, well, yeah, the podcast is was a total blast to be on. Uh, you and your co-hosts are very fun, uh, funny hosts. Um, yeah, people should check it out. Thank you. And that, you always want to check it out. It's uh, GooseBudsPod.com or uh, GooseBuds on pretty much all the uh, podcast apps. I tried to make friends with a goose at the park the other day and it did not work. Didn't take. <laughs> oh, man. I wouldn't have done that. You don't want to do that, man. Famously, famously, uh, famously ill-tempered, right? Yeah, well, I, I had no idea at the time. I just invited him over to watch Bosch. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> he's got lo- They're not going to like that. He's got no. local interest. I explained he's an LAPD detective, and he kind of looks at the underbelly of Los Angeles, which I figured a goose would no- yeah. be real particularly interested in. Sure, maybe you'll see they film it here. So yeah, maybe you'll see some stuff he recognizes. You know, maybe they'll you know drive by Randy's Donuts or something. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, and- Randy's Donuts. I saw that in Iron Man too. The goose says. <laughs> <laughs> also, geese just have such uh, you know majestic underbellies. I thought just as a fan of underbellies, you know, right? Much like Los Angeles itself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the belly of a goose. They say. <laughs> <laughs> the city's a cru- as cruel as the tummy of a tummy of a goose. Right, yes. <sighs> well, uh Chad, it's been a joy to have you on the program. We thank you for joining us. Uh oh, Jordan you. Jesse Go is produced by Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. You can find us on Reddit at maximumfun.reddit.com. You can hashtag it on Twitter, hashtag JJGo. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Jordan underscore Morris. You can also like us on Facebook uh, where, you know, we'll, we make fun announcements. The other day, our old friend Ashcon uh, had a production of his that he won a bunch of awards for called Beardo, a musical about uh, what's the uh, evil Russian uh, warlock 
king advisor called? <laughs> Rasputin. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I like the description. Thank of you. That was very good. Uh, I lost the name, but I had Warlock ready. Um, <laughs> Rasputin, uh, a production of his about where he played Rasputin. Uh, they put that on the internet for free, you know, because of people being uh, safer at home. And uh, we put that on the Jordan Jesse Go Facebook. We'll put any goddamn thing there, you know. Probably put a picture of sure. Alpha Flight or something. <laughs> yeah. Check in to see Wendigo. Is that, is that the, you want to? Is that the kind of shit you're into? We don't care. Yeah. You know? If anybody, and if anybody does end up making the um, Scott Bakula loofahing up to Yakety Sacks, that's where that's where it'll go. <laughs> you bet it will. Uh, let's see. Our theme music is "Love You" by the band The Free Design, courtesy of the band and Light in the Attic Records. Uh, Kites are fun. The best of the Free Design is their best of album. It is it is breathtakingly beautiful. It's a really uh, lovely, lovely record. Um, and I think that's about it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.